Stand by to launch fan stream sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Fan Stream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome in to another edition of the JP Peterson Show here on this soggy, soggy Tuesday in St. Petersburg as we come to you live from the RHS TV studios this morning. And the Rays lost last night, and uh, unfortunately, more ominous trends continue for this team. We have Tyler Glass now, mechanics out of whack. His velo is down. That's not good. Certain players who have been hitting for three months are not hitting anymore, and suddenly the Rays look a little vulnerable. Four games ahead of, of the Orioles, another game today with them at uh, 1210. I'm a little concerned. I'm not lying. A little concerned. We're going to get into the Rays here a little bit. Uh, We're going to talk about some gambling issues that are going on in pro sports and what the future holds there. Um, You just uh, say good morning to Nick Geddes. Just told me a very interesting story about Rod Carew having to defend himself and teach teach people on Twitter that he was once a pretty good hitter in, uh, in Major League Baseball. So, we got lots to get to. We'll get into some football as well. Um, Buccaneers talk. We always do a little bit of that each and every day. We're going to look at possible additions for this football team heading to training camp in uh, about five weeks. We're going to be uh, we're going to be at training camp, but the NFL season will be underway. So lots to get to today. We hope you guys stick around. We'll always have some fun and frivolity here. So. Here we are. Good morning to you, Nick Geddes. How you doing? Good morning. Uh, glad to be inside today. Yeah. This was yeah. not, not the funnest drive over here today yeah. with all the rain and the lightning and all those type of things. But the good news is this storm apparently is not no threat to us. Yeah. I saw Paul Delegato said that, so we can breathe a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit of rain. We'll just take our afternoon thunderstorms and move on with our day. Might might take away my golf today, but uh, we'll see. It might be a little soggy today, so that that's all good. Um, all right, so the uh, the Rays last night fall eight to six, but the bigger pro- question is what the hell's going on with Tyler Glass now? Um, his velocity was down last night again. Um, the curveball just didn't have the snap that it normally has, and he was very um, very candid after the game. I thought uh, surprisingly so about his mechanics, and we were going to play the audio for you, but strangely. The uh, Rays did not post it, and Bally's did not post it. I saw the interview after the game, but neither one of them posted it, which is usually where we get our audio. So, interesting. I don't know why they wouldn't want that on there. I mean, there are quotes, um, and this is from Glass now. Uh, it wasn't a great one. I don't think there's a lot of consistency there. As far Maybe I'll try to do my best Glass now. Let me get my hair out, see if I can get it going. My salad a little bit longer. No, it's not going to help. Um, said, I don't think there's a lot of consistency there as far as a release point. So I just feel like I've con- I'm kind of searching while I'm up there on the mound. Um, that's not good. He said, my arm feels like it's floating in space. Uh, after the game, I was watching Doug Wechter and, and Rich on the uh, postgame show, and they were kind of breaking down his delivery. And you could, and, and, and Doug was right on it, you could just see it how – his arm, he was opening up too quickly. When and, and what that means is, you know, in a golf swing, you want to you want everything connected, right? Everything should be connected. Your arm should be coming with your hips and your torso 
and that's a power. If everything, if anything gets out of whack, if your fi- hands or your your hips fire first, and then the hands come, and then it's out of sync, you lose all your power. It's the same thing with a pitcher. If you're not in sync when you're opening up your front side, your hips, your shoulders, your arms, and if everything's not in sync, you lose the velocity. And that's that's the art of pitching, right? That's that's the beauty of it. That's the athleticism of it. Everything has to work in sync. And when it's not working in sync, you don't get the same spin rates. You don't get the same torque. You don't get the same power. And clearly, at that point, you're not getting um, the same results. And that's was evident last night as they went behind uh, – Get behind four nothing early on. Aaron Hicks with a three run jack on a a slider or a curveball that was just you know a cement mixer. It didn't. It hardly moved at all, and he just blasted it into the right field corner. And what did we say yesterday? You know, if you're going to play these Orioles, you have got to get out to a lead early on because when Cano and Batista come on late in the game, clearly you got no shot. You got no shot to beat the Orioles. That's just the way they are. Uh, they're built right now, and that's exactly the um, the, the formula they used last night. Now let's let's credit the Rays for coming back um, and, and you know putting some hits together. Margot with a big pinch hit single to get a couple of runs in. They get it to seven to six, but a um, couple of opportunities from there. But in the eighth and ninth inning, not much of an opportunity. You're just not going to get anything off these two guys, and you know that's a problem. And it also to me shows you where the Rays need to be. The Rays need to get their bullpen to that that spot as well. And right now. You know, you think Fairbanks could be the guy. He's shown he can do it. He's got, you know, he appears to be healthy again. But, um, you know, Jason Adam just isn't the same guy this year. You have some numbers to back that up. Um, it, the bullpen just is, is, even though I think their overall numbers have not been bad recently, the back end of it in, in terms of playoff baseball scares me a little bit, right? I'd rather have what the, what the Orioles have than, than what the, the Rays have right now. So, you know, and the power for the Rays has kind of gone by the wayside a little bit most recently. So, I have some concerns about this team as we as we head uh, into the middle of this summer. Uh, yeah, because they got out to th- this crazy, you know, towards start, and here we are, and they're only four games ahead of the Orioles, and I believe they're only three ahead of them in the loss column. Yeah. By the way, so things have really tightened up. They're one and three against the Orioles this year. Um, I know playoff baseball is a little bit different than the regular season, so I try not to judge those matchups when we get to October and you see this team. But you have to kind of judge what you see at the moment, and the Orioles have just been better than the Rays in the four times they've played them. They just have. And to your point, this is the difference between the Orioles right now and the Rays. Is I don't have a lot of confidence in the back end of that Rays bullpen. They've come along better lately, right? And they've gotten some more health and things like that. But I just don't see too many clean innings for the Rays back into the bullpen, where then you go to Baltimore, and, you know, I mentioned yesterday, Yanir Cano has not been actually as great lately. He's put a lot of base runners on, but he's typically got it out of those jams, though. Batista, on the other hand, it's forget about it. Can't sniff any. Forget about it. His his K per nine is like, I think we saw yesterday, it's 18.9. It's like unreal. He struck out like more than half of the batters he's faced this year already, yeah. uh, and he's throwing 100, 101, 102, and a lot of guys throw that, but for whatever reason, his ball right now, just these guys can't catch up to it, and I just didn't have much confidence that the guys that came to the plate yesterday, they were going to oh, make no. contact with no, it, no. especially Josh Lowe, who we're going to talk a lot about Glasnow today, obviously, but I also have the numbers on Josh Lowe that shows that he's starting to go down a little bit of a skid right now, yeah. and it's been going on for some time. 
Well, do the numbers on – well, first of all, on Glass now last night, uh, his velo was down. Um, and it's the, – the good thing about this is it's mechanical. It's fixable. The right. bad thing is, you know, he was talking about this last night, and maybe this is why they didn't post it, is he kept talking about trying to throw through it. Like, I'm trying to throw harder, trying to throw harder. That is the biggest red flag ever, especially for him. Right. Because that just, that's just a, an injury waiting to happen. That's another oblique. That's another, you know, we won't say the TJ word, but um, it's just that's an injury waiting to happen on the guy that's injury prone. <laughs> so if he can't get his mechanics in sync, he's going to get hurt. Well, here, get hurt. here's what's alarming. It's the fastball velocity is down a tick. It's still really good, right? And I, I went to his baseball savant page this morning to double-check this. So the velocity, he's in the 85th percentile right now for fastball and the previous five years of the race, he was sitting in the 95th percentile. I'm more concerned about his secondary pitches, particularly the curveball. My eyes are telling me that there's not a lot of bite on that curveball right now. And you right. saw Santander took advantage of that and hit a bomb off of him yesterday on that curveball. So did, so, did, <clears throat> uh, so did Hicks. And so did Hicks. Last time we saw Tyler Glass now in 2021, the spin on the curveball was in the 96th percentile. Okay, Best of the best. This year through five starts, it's in the 72nd percentile. Yeah. You don't have a drop-off like that no. typically, right? Because no. especially the four years preceding that, his curveball spin rate was in the 90 to 96 percentile in every single year and down to 72 so far. So that's, to me, the most concerning thing yeah. is the velocity is down a little bit, and when he tries to use secondary pitches, he just doesn't have it right now. And clearly he's fighting something majorly it's mechanical at the moment and we talked about this like it's so great to have Tyler Glass now back but can you really count on him and through five starts I'd probably say maybe two of them have gone according to plan right at best yeah yeah that's not that's not what not you great. need out of him no I mean it's it's serviceable it will help you win games but you know you're you're getting ready to pay him 25 million dollars next year that's not 25 million dollar pitcher right there the Rays know it he knows it and um, you know, obviously, I've said this for a long time. They're they're going to trade him next year, and they're not going to pay him twenty five million dollars. And this is as big a, a deal as they possibly it could possibly happen because nobody's trading for Tyler Glasnow with those numbers. He's got to figure it out. And so either the Rays are going to be on the hook, and, and worst part about it, they're not going to have the number one pitcher that they need, and they need a guy who's a number one, and that that's not number one numbers. Right uh, now, of course, Shane McClanahan is also your one A. Right, your one A. Glass now can be your one B. Um, you know, Eflin's been fantastic, obviously, but and, and Taj goes today at twelve ten. So we'll see. You know, he he he. He's great last time we saw him. Yeah, he ran into a little bit of skid, but that was more because you know a couple of flares more than anything else. He was dominant, but as we've said, if you're going to go deep into this postseason, you got to have. Tyler Glass now be Tyler Glass now, right? And that so that's why last night's game was more alarming. A loss is a loss, whatever. To me, that's the most alarming thing. Yeah, and, and I'm trying to cut Glass now some slack because again, this is the first time he's really pitched. And really, I mean, last year he got a couple outings in, but let's let's just call it what it is. We're going back to 2021 here in the summer, the last time that he's pitched like this day or every five days, right? So I'm trying to cut him a little bit of slack and understand that it's going to take time for him to get up to speed. But typically when you have these, these arm surgeries, you come back and your velocity doesn't typically suffer, does it? 
in most cases. No, it's it's the control part that's that's the hard part. You still have to get back to that 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 fine motor skill of of control and right. that exact release point. I mean, it's 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 hard to do what he does. And when he's at the top of the game, there's you know literally one percent of the pitchers in baseball that can do it. So we're looking at elite level stuff here, and it's just not elite level. It's still pretty damn good. I mean, your your velocity, your your fastball velocity is what at eighty five? Did you say your curveballs at the, yeah? The, the velocity right now is ninety five point nine is the exact number. And even last year in twenty twenty two, the outings that he had, it was at ninety seven point four. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but to a hitter, that's a lot. It is. That's a lot, and and especially on the curveball. You know, when you're in the ninety fifth percentile of curveball, ninety seventh percent in spin rates and movement, you, you guys ain't touching that. When you're in the seventies. They touch it, and they did last night. So it's a huge difference. But, again, it seems to be more mechanical than physical. So that's eminently fixable. It's just going to take some time. But what you hope is that Tyler doesn't overthrow while he's trying to figure out his mechanics and hurt himself because that's the, that's the thing that you really, really worry about. Um, I mean, the offense last night wasn't terrible, right? I mean, they get six runs. They actually had some missed opportunities. There was about three or four innings in a row there where they got the lead runner on, and I think in three of those four innings that it happened, they got nothing. They just completely squandered it. So they had chances. They just couldn't dial in. And, and Bradish, I remember Brian Anderson was talking about it in the first inning, right? And it's so – I love the analysis, right, because everything he said ended up happening. He's like, if you let this guy get going with his breaking, ball, with his breaking balls, it's going to be a tough night for the race. And that slider was dancing. Yeah, it was it dancing was. last night. And I think he got 23 swings on that slider, 12 of them whiffs. The Rays really had no chance. I, the plate discipline for the Rays I don't think mm, was great no. last night either. When you're going up against a breaking ball pitcher um, and its stuff is that good, at some point you've got to make him throw it for a strike and stop swinging at it. I mean, that's something that Fred McGriff <laughs> told me. He said, well, whenever you go up against a guy that's cracking off a breaking ball, he goes, I just, I'm not going yeah. to take it every time and, and wait, you know, wait till he gives me a fastball or he walks me. And it's really alarming when or, it really shows when, like, Randy Rosarena is up to the plate. And I think the difference of why he's not really humming right now like he, like he was the first couple months of the season, mm-hmm. he seems like he's going up there and he's coming back into those old habits where it looks like he's trying to win the game with one at-bat every single time he gets up there. I'm noticing a long swing with Randy. When he takes a swing and I see the helmet, you know, almost falling off when yeah. he's swinging, yeah. I know Randy's not locked in like he needs to be. Right. And I saw that last night with him. It seems like he's getting down behind counts a lot. Even though he's walking a lot, give him credit there, he is getting down in counts a lot as well. So that's a trend. I had mentioned Josh Lowe that, you know, he's been in a, a bit of a skid, and I brought up his numbers here in June so far, 15 games. He's hitting 196 with 18 strikeouts and only four RBIs, no home runs. So Josh Lowe has hit a major major funk right now for this team yeah now and this is you know this is part of be, becoming a really good ball player right the more tape they get on you the more data they get on you they know where your weaknesses are right so you know they're starting to pound those weaknesses you got to lay off those pitches it's an adjustment so now comes the first adjustment this is why baseball is such a hard freaking game <laughs> to play because they're especially now when there's so much data there's just so much data out there that got, if you have a weak spot in your swing, they're going to find it almost immediately, and they're going to relentlessly pound it. And then you've got to figure out a way to adjust around it, and that's where he's at right now. And he's got the ability to do it. Um, so it's, it's all these situations in baseball. We're talking about glass now. 
it's fixable. I mean, as uh, James said, Wechter said last night, he'll be back to Cy Young form at the end of the year. Glassdale, I, I, I would certainly agree with that, but the caveat being if he doesn't overthrow and get hurt first, right? So he's such a competitive guy that you, you got to, you know, he's got to know just trying to throw it harder, and he knows this, it, it isn't the way to get out of it. you got to get those mechanics right. How do you do that? You just got to work at it, you know, just work at it. It's like, it's like I said, it's very analogous to, uh, to the golf swing. You know, when you're go- even the greatest players in the world fight these things. They go through it sometimes where they just get a bad habit, and it takes some time to work through it till they get back to the old habit. And how long that's going to be, we don't know. I mean, you know, last night you get behind 6 nothing. Those are going to be hard games to win. So I won't say that he pitched well enough to win. But so far he's pitched well enough to win in almost every game except that one probably. So we're not, you know, it's not the alarm button. Again, I think the mechanics are are fine. I mean, he'll work those out. He'll get that done. I just hope he doesn't get hurt in the process and while while he's trying to find it. And you mentioned Randy. I saw something last night and I had to tweet it out. When he got drilled in the ninth inning, he got Bautista put one right into his ribs. And you know, normally in a situation like that, it's a two-run game. It's the ninth inning. I think he was leading off. You'd say, well, that's no way that's intentional. Unless you're Batista and you know you're going to strike everybody else out. <laughs> so maybe it is intentional because he's that good. It just seemed to have a purpose to it. I would never think in that situation, but Randy's reaction was really almost its kind of weird, number one. He, didn't, he never even flinched. Bro, first of all, you're my new baseball hero just by doing that. He never flinched. He never grimaced. He never. He just kind of walked. He, he, if you saw it, he took it in the ribs and he turned around like he wasn't going to go to first base. He kind of turned around and looked into the other, looked into the dugout, the other dugout, and he never, he never made a facial expression. And he ran down and he walked down to first base. He had, took a couple of glim glances out to the mound with Batista. It almost felt like there was some history there between these guys. I don't know why. Um, you know, like our fans at WFAN or our friends at WFAN, I'll say, I don't have any evidence to back that up. I don't, I, I looked for some stuff on the web. I couldn't find anything where these guys were ever teammates or adversaries. I don't know. Uh, Batista's from the Dominican, uh, Randy's Cuban, maybe in a, um, you know, a, a tournament when they were young. I don't know. I have no idea. Couldn't find anything. But it just looked weird. And first of all, Batista is not going to miss by that much. He hit him right in the ribs. And, and the fact that Rosarena never even gave a facial expression, never even flinched, is just beyond. I can't even imagine. And I wouldn't be shocked today to find out that he's going to be you know, out for a little bit because that was – I can't imagine what that's like. Just, <laughs> just taking a, a hard ball in your freaking ribs. Like how do you not – how, how do your ribs not get cracked? I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, a lot more brave than I. And I think even, what, Paredes took one, too, from a – I think it might have been the guy that was throwing, like, 97, and he took one, like, right here yeah. on, like, the, on the elbow with yeah. no protection. Yeah. And these guys just, you know, they shake it off and they walk to first. A lot more brave than I am the, to get in front of that. Yeah. Well, they're not trying to get in front of it, I can tell you that. But <laughs> no, the, but – The fact that he never I – mean, you see guys fl- – I mean, you, it's painful. Like, Randy never even flinched. Yeah, he's, he's him. He's just him. Like that would be my first question to you, dude. Is how do you do that? And then he just had this look on his mean mug look on his face as he's walking down to first base. Anyway, I don't know if you guys saw that. If that, if that, you know, uh, Jordan G. He has abs of steel. He's super. 
the abs of Steve. What was the guy in something about Mary? Seven minute abs. You, ever, you didn't see yeah, that. I say you're you're mentioning another movie that I have not seen. Seven minute abs. What if somebody comes up with six minute abs? Hey, there's no six minute abs. No. <laughs> if those of you who saw it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But no, like how did anyway? I'm just mar. I just marvel at that. And then of course Batista strikes at least strike out to no. I think somebody got a flare off him, uh, a pop up that, that they caught. Well, as Drew Jetson put out here, he's DHing today, so oh, Randy is? he will not be in the field. Yeah. I don't even know how you could swing a bat after that. I mean, you got to be super sore within your ribs and your to use your oblique muscles. Good God, man! Better a better man than I. Um, all right. Uh, any other comments we want to get to here? Uh, yeah, Jordan had brought it up. You know, it's kind of like the talking about the swings from Josh Lowe. It's kind of like how Fowler with the golf swing analogy, and I think that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, those yeah. two go pretty hand in hand. It, it's but I mean the thing with the Rays. I mean they've been humming so much for two and a half months now. We've kind of just felt like. Okay, are they really ever going to hit a slump? And right now they're they're in their biggest slump of the season. It was going to happen. Of course, it was definitely going to happen. Now, I, I almost wish we would just get to the All Star break already because this team looks like they they're kind of limping towards yeah. that. And I think that's the last thing you want is to go into the All Star break limping. Uh, but at the same time, you want them to get that rest to come out on the other side, and you know they'll be well represented at that game. I thought of interesting of note, and I'm I'm kind of against this. <clears throat> Randy yesterday before the game said he wants to take part in the the home run derby, right? I'm against that, personally. I'm a, I'm one of those guys that I think the numbers typically back it up. You go in that home run derby and you know you're swinging to hit home runs, and he has such a violent swing. And I can imagine in a home run derby setting, it's going to be even more violent. I don't know if I want Randy Rosarena participating in that at the moment. I don't because we've talked so much about habits creeping up and things like that, and. I don't know if that'd be the best thing. That's just my take on that, especially when he's, he's really slumping right now. Like, I even brought his numbers up, and going back the last 22 games, he's only hitting 216 with two home runs at the moment, and he struck out 27 times in those 22 games. So I'm already seeing old habits creep up with him. I think the last thing I want to see is him going to the home run derby and, yeah. avo- and risking the fact that his swing might get a little altered because of that. I typically will say, you know... I think that can get a little nitpicky. I mean, probably in some, some players have slumped. Other pl- most players have not. I think the data has shown over the years that in the beginning, I think it, there was there seemed to be a correlation. But as we've gone on further, it seemed to have kind of gone away. I mean, it hasn't certainly certainly hasn't hurt Pete Alonso any. So I don't know. I, I think, but I I, I kind of get where you're at right now, and especially with the World Baseball Classic, it's already a long season for him. I, I think I'd rather see him. I know he's going to the All Star game, but I, I would rather see him probably get a little bit more rest. So yeah, I would be. I mean, part of me would love to see. Have we of ever course, had a Rays player in the home run derby. I don't think we ever have. Well, Longoria did it his rookie year in 08. Oh, he did. Okay, he did. He only hit three home runs though. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a great showing. I think he's maybe Carlos Pena. I think he was in it maybe in 2009 as well. So I think we've had a couple represent. It would be cool. I'm not. It'd be cool, of course, to see him in there. But I just feel like I see a team right now that's a little fatigued. Yeah. And they're not firing on all cylinders, and I think it's no coincidence that the top guys in the lineup just have not looked like the top guys lately, and you get what you have with the lineup at the moment. You know, and, and someone also put in the comments, you know, we miss a healthy Bilal. And, you know, yeah, of course we do. You miss, but he's never going to get healthy, and he's never <laughs> going to be a consistent well, player. Well, what I wonder with Brandon Lau is not just what he's been doing out there, but the fact that they had been pl- plugging him into that four-hole yeah. Most of the season. Yeah. 
is it is he still the type of hitter that pitchers have to like you know plan around and no. guard against no. and maybe no. I'm just trying to use the argument of you know he's protection for the other no, guys. He's not. He's not. They know how to get him out. They know where his weak spots are, and there's a lot of them. He's got a lot of holes in his swing right now. Um, and most of the, m- most of his career, he's had holes in his swing. He's got, you know, here's a guy that if you go back and look at his career, he gets hot. Uh, he's been hot for a few months, and a lot of months he hasn't been. Uh, I'm 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 kind of done with him. You know, I may be wrong. Maybe he'll come back and be the greatest home run hitter in the in the world. But from what I've seen, he's just too much, you know, swing and miss. Well, they they certainly could, they certainly could use it. If he comes back and he goes on one of his hot stretches, oh yeah, but what are the chances? And then what are you what are you giving up by giving him that opportunity when you've got other hitters in the lineup that are much more effective? Well, I, you, I was going to say his off. his direct his direct replacement at second base from a hitting standpoint is not really doing much right now. But as we've talked about, it's his defense. He's won he's won two games in the last week and a half with his defense. I mean, you look at the Padres game, the yeah. one they won on Friday. They turned the double play. Yes. That was Taylor Walls again yes. making a really good turn. So. He gives you impact there, but right now at the plate, not much. I mean, there's just there's just too many guys in the lineup right now who I don't think are carrying enough weight yeah. in the lineup at the moment. And and as we, we tip the conversation towards the deadline that's coming up, I think, you know, the Rays, and we've had this discussion before, you know, you, you if this is a season where you got to go all in because there's no really dominant team out there, I don't, I don't think. I don't look at um, – you know the Dodgers, or the, you know certainly not the Diamondbacks, not the not the Astros. I don't see a super dominant team that I go. Oh, I don't know if we can we can beat those guys. Well, at least in the, you have to. Look, I'm looking more in the American League. Yeah, but I'm looking at the whole. But well, because yeah, American I, League definitely. Not. Well, because I think Atlanta is the class. I mean, I know the Diamondbacks are a great story and all that, but I think Atlanta is still the class yeah, of I agree, the I NL. Agree. And yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Like even on this this hot stretch with the Rays, if you told me tomorrow, like, hey, it's gonna be Rays and Braves in the World Series. I'd probably lean towards yeah. Atlanta but you, but a you, little bit. But you have a reasonable shot, and you definitely have a reasonable shot if you go out and you get another high-leverage reliever, and I think you need a power bat. I don't know if – is that the biggest priority, you think, though? Because I see that the priority still lies in the pitching. And the Rays, I think, I think understand. Of course, that. I would like a, I would like another starting pitcher. Look, my, my wish list would be another. You know, it doesn't have to be an A and B pitcher either. It can be a, can be a. Give me know, a, a give me a solid three. Yeah, yeah. I take that. Yeah, I would take that, um, and that could you know take a little bit of the pressure off McClanahan and Eflin and Glass now moving forward for the regular season. Keep them fresh for the for the postseason. But yeah, I would I would like another starting pitcher. I would like a high leverage reliever, yep. and I would like a a big bat in that order. No, a high leverage reliever, starting pitcher, big bat. Yeah, that I, I, think, I think you. I think you go out and you expend some resources here because this is your opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the the lineup again. They've played. I think what five more games than anybody else in the league at the moment. Yeah, they've. We've they're talked. Get a lot of, lot we've more talked rest about the, the stretch. Half. They're going to get a lot more rest. I think the lineup. I'm I'm leaning towards they're going to be okay. And the good thing I saw last night, and the Rays have shown this when they get behind. Like even while they were six nothing in the second inning, they made it a game. Yeah. They tend to do that. Yeah. They don't. This team doesn't don't give up. At this pass. team doesn't really get blown out. Like as much as like we sound a little like less optimistic today, I don't think it's that because if you look at the losses that they have, they're losing close games. The margins of errors are just really the margin of errors just really small right now when they play all these teams because every game's so close and they're just making enough mistakes during the middle of those games to lose. 
And I think the first two months of the season, everything was going their way. Eventually, they're going to balance that out, and I think they're going to they're going to start winning games, especially when we get on the other side of the All Star break. So I think the lineup's okay. It's just I think the bullpen is the one thing that's going to continue to give me pause when you get to the playoffs, and uh, that leads me into this this article I read yesterday on Fangraphs, um, and it was titled "The Rays Bullpen Has Been Surprisingly Poor." <clears throat> How poor? Well, there's only one team in the league that they've been better in, based on the numbers, and that's the Oakland A's. I don't think that's where you want to be. No. Next to the Oakland A's when it comes to bullpen. And Jason Adam in particular, who I think has had some better outings uh, of late, but the stuff with Jason Adam has fallen off dramatically uh, from what we saw last year. And I, I had it here, his fastball in particular, which is down more than two miles per hour in velocity. Uh, hitters are slugging 645 against it. Last year, they were only hitting 298. His chase rate, which he relied a lot on last year to get guys out, was in the 96th percentile. This year, it's in the 44th <coughs> percentile. So Whoops. he's dropped off more than half there uh, in his chase rate. So not great numbers there for, for Jason Adam. Uh, it seems like every guy that's returned from last year's bullpen, Adam, Poche, Beeks, who's in the minors now, Thompson, Fairbanks, and Armstrong, all of those guys have had dramatic fall-offs with their underlying metrics and numbers this year. Which is not a great sign. Which goes back to our, our you know, our talking point and uh, the thesis of an article that, um, I always forget the guy's name, that wrote last Tom year. Tom Verducci. Verducci about, uh, about the Rays' uh, philosophy. And, they, you know, they find a guy who has a, has a plus-plus pitch and make him throw it every pitch. And if that's a slider, if that's a, a cutter, if that's anything that's of a breaking variety, which it normally is, and the weird arm angles as well. They go after that as lot, a lot. It, it, they tend to wear them, the guys down, and they're not consistently effective. Well, for, what they for don't, large what they really, what they really don't have, and what they're missing is a strikeout artist, yeah, power guy. Sometimes you need a guy that can come out there, and it's more than just getting an out. A Bautista. It, yeah, you need a, and I, I know that's. It's easy to say, yeah, we need a guy just like that because those guys aren't cheap, and no. most teams don't want to. If you have one of them, by the way, typically you're not going to give them up. No. And that's what leads me to this. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm starting to change my tune on Aroldis Chapman. Oh, God. I'm changing my tune. Every day I see this guy, and he's pumping 102, 101 to 104. He just continues to get outs for the Royals, who are going absolutely nowhere. I know that the big teams are going to be in the running for this guy. I'm assuming the Dodgers of the world, the Padres of the world, I'm sure they'd love to be, regardless of where they are in the standings, they're going to be buying. Maybe the Yankees want to, actually, no, I think the Yankees are probably done with that one. But yeah. some of these other big teams I think are going to be in the running for him. Why not the Rays just throw their name in the hat right there? Why not? They have more pieces in the minors than a lot of other teams would have to offer. I'm at the point where I'm like, man, go get that guy. Because I'm tired, I'm tired of seeing his highlights every single day on Twitter. And I'm like, man, I want this guy. Because the Rays don't have anybody like that. I just can't stomach him in a Rays uniform. I mean, just I, all I could see him is in the Yankees uniform just being a jerk and mowing us down until, you know, Brasso got the best of him. Uh, which was one of, literally one of maybe my favorite Ray moment well, ever this is, because it was Chapman. Well, this is business, though. I know. This is business. I know, but uh, let's see if we can find somebody else. You know, I, I, he's just, again, a, he's they just don't, a name. They don't grow on trees. That's what I'm saying. Every team that has a guy like this, for the most part, is they're not. You're not giving this guy these guys up at the moment. Well, Taj Bradley stuck out the first. Well, not the first nine, but not got the first nine outs on strikeouts last time. We'll see him today, but you know, obviously, he's a starting pitcher. 
Uh, and by the way, the schedule for the Rays, they got the Orioles today at 12-10. Um, what did you say, 20,000 last night? That was great last night, 20,000 wow. on a Tuesday. Yeah, well, all these, all these promotions, these ticket promotions, what have we said forever? Make it an affordable ticket, and you're going to get people in there. And guess what they did? Eh, shocking to vote. They got the Orioles today. Then they got the Royals in for four starting on Thursday, 640-640-410 Saturday. Randy Arozarena soccer jersey. I saw it. That thing looks Saturday. sweet. Uh, Devil Rays Day is on Friday. So they're going to uh, wear the old uniforms, all that good stuff. And Dwayne and Brian are going to be in Randyland broadcasting. They? Really? Wow, that'll be fun. Uh, Ray's Summer Special is on Sunday, whatever that, like I said, all the summer specials are going on. All right, then they have Monday off. Then they go at Arizona for three. Go okay. tough. Yeah, yeah, the Diamondbacks are, are they, have they slumped a little bit recently that I, that I see? Uh, as far as I knew, the Diamondbacks had the best record at the, the NL. Yeah, they did. All right, so then they're at Seattle um, Saturday and Sunday, next Saturday and Sunday. Then they got the Phillies coming in, or two Sundays, two Saturday Sundays away. Then they got their the Phillies and the Braves coming in right before the All Star break. So, I mean, a lot of win- and then they come out of the All Star break at Kansas City. So there's some winnable games in there. I mean, not the greatest teams in the world that they're facing right here. So, but they got to get back to doing what they're doing, they, what they did. And you know, right now, some of the pitchers aren't performing like they they have. And the hitters as well. So, but this is baseball, right? Every team goes into these slumps. Yeah. They got to find the energy. They got to go find it, and um, you know we'll see. Yeah, they're in a, listen. They're in a lot better spot than some of these other teams out there. I mean, right. we've, exactly. we've been talking about the American League. I mean, <clears throat> the Yankees got a win last night, but we've been mentioning it. They've been struggling without Aaron Judge. The Blue Jays can't get out of their own way. The AL Central. We just need to throw a bomb onto that. The fact that thirty-six and thirty-eight Minnesota on a three-game losing streak is still winning that division if you can believe it. Yeah. Uh, the Astros are playing not great baseball at the moment as well, and they're one of those teams we expected to be there. Seattle, they've come back dramatically. I think, that's what, I think to your point, the AL, again, I think is going to run through the AL East. I think the AL right now is so easy to forecast. It's going to be somebody in the AL East or it's going to be Texas, it seems like at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. And you've built up this, this lead, which you know, now you use it to your advantage. Um, and let's let's be honest. We can look at the Orioles and go, "Wow, okay, great." You know, they're they're a good ball club. There's no no question about. It. They're they're a good young athletic team, much like the Rays. They're not going to keep this up all year. They're not. They're going to hit a they're going to hit a lull as well. So what's impressive is they're doing it without Cedric Mullins right now, who's yeah. their kind of energizer guy at the top of the lineup. They don't have him right now. What they're doing is the young guys. They have a lot of young guys in that lineup. And in particular, who was hitting leadoff yesterday, Gunnar Henderson, he was one of the top prospects. Yeah. He got off to an awful start this year, and I'm surprised. They, they might have sent him down to the minors. I don't know. But right now, I think he's hitting like 400 over the past couple weeks. And you saw he was the first pitch of the game. I mean, he jumped on that fastball from Glasnow and ripped it down the line for a double. So, And Rushman is, you know, we know he's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. They just have such a good blend of young guys and old guys in that room. They're kind of Rays-like, yeah, I are. think. I see a lot of comparisons, although they don't have the top-end starting pitching that the Rays do, but they're piecing it together. Good management, all those type of things. The bullpen. I mean, those three guys, I mean, I'll throw even that Cologne in there. Yeah. I know the Rays got to him last night, but uh, he's a funky little lefty yeah. to face as well. I just have so much more confidence in their bullpen right now than I do the Rays. And when you get to a postseason and starters are going shorter in the games, that's really the difference. You can't win a World Series without having a great bullpen. You can't. 
No, you, you just can't. can't. No, because there's too many high pressure situations at the end of games, and if you don't have lockdown guys, you just you got you got no shot. All right, we'll take uh, take our first break. We'll come back on the other side and uh, talk a little football. Um, between now and training camp, I think the Bucks will add two to three players. Who will they be? What positions will they be? We'll chop that up when we come back. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com, and the great folks at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. Back in three. Stay with us. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. 
So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. Brought to you by the great folks at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo and his team over there will get you right. Get on that true body machine they have over there. Uh, just make an appointment. Go to the website, BAMMC.com, and they will hook you up. If you don't want to do all those crazy workouts and just, or either want to add something to your workout, it's not an either or. It can make your workouts even better, give you those abs, lean you up. Having great success with that. We talked to Chris last week about that. So uh, get on over there, get on that machine, or get some great nutrition advice. Get a plan personalized just for you. That's what they do over there at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. It's not the one-size-fits-all because everybody is different. Everybody metabolizes things differently, supplements, uh, drugs, whatever. Everything is different. So uh, check out Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com, and get your health right. Get your health right. Um, <clears throat> all right, so let's talk a little football, shall we? A little Buccaneer football. You were just mentioning that um, the Bucks may – be eligible or they are eligible but they may be one of those teams to be on hard knocks well they're not they're not eligible by the rules the rules are i think they have like what like eight or ten teams that the nfl can force to go on it right and i think all those teams have told them no including the jets who they can force to go on there but the jets have like flat out said that ain't no way they don't want to do that the only team that showed interest apparently is the commandos who for obvious reasons that the nfl does not want to to throw the commanders there on any public kind of setting like that. Wow, I think that'd be a great episode to have the uh, the the cheerleader uh, front office interactions mic'd up. That would be great. And then with the uh, with the maybe on the trips to Cancun and stuff, we could. Can you imagine how it? many accidental things that show would expose <laughs> behind clo- behind the the closed doors there in Washington? They'd have a lot of because the teams have the final say on editing. Like if there's something they don't want in there, they can they can strike it and they get the like the final cut the like the night before it, it it's released, and so they can cut some stuff. I almost feel like that show is almost like running out of style. It's jump the shark. Well, it's had like what a Which two decade. Jump the shark. It's had like a two decade run, and now they do one like in the middle of the season as well. Yeah. Which I just have never really cared to to really turn on. It just seems like an unneeded thing. 
yeah. cameras in the middle of the season. I know coaches hate it. Oh, they gotta hate it. No, Absolutely. but I was. I brought it up to you because I saw Joe Buck's fan. You know, suggested why don't the Bucks raise their hand and be that team to go on it? And they well, have. Of course, Joe Buck's fan wants to do it. So do I. All the media wants him to do it. It's great access. It's good access, obviously. It's we all want it. And I'm they with have. You boys. And with the Baker Mayfield storyline, the Bucks have some kind of you know national appeal. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, Almost sure. feels like like Baker's last chance. You know, but eh. We had our run with with hard knocks, I think, and it was fun, followed by an awful season. <laughs> I don't. I'm. I'd, I'd rather just say no, and <laughs> keep it moving. We've talked about James it. James has some famous moments. No, Chris Baker had a famous moment. Yeah, he did too. Was it Chris Baker who was like going crazy? And this should have been a precursor to his tenure here. I was going crazy when they had food truck day. Yeah. At training camp, <laughs> he yeah, couldn't he wait. Was making love to a palm tree. Yeah. There you yeah. go. I should have known right then and there that guy is going to be a bust in a Buck uniform. Yeah, and the, but the Jameis rhymes, that the, where Fitz was like, yeah, we we played man. it a few months back. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I think that rhyme it was great, but it may have gone on a little too long. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh my God, dude! We should play that again. We should, that, that's just that's good summertime fun right there. Oh my God, um, I don't know. I I would like it. I don't think it has anything to do with what happens to your team. No, I just feel like we've because we've been talking about they take, take teams that haven't been to the playoffs, right? That's one of the yeah. That's why the Bucks are not eligible. So, and you know, those teams typically aren't. Oh, gonna... I only said it because I feel like we've been talking a lot about this off season with the Bucks, and we've moved on. We had such a chaotic season. We moved on from the drama, and we're hanging. We're laying low right now. We're going underneath the radar. Everybody's doubting us. So I feel like we should just keep it that way. Stay that way. Let's just stay that way. Let's not draw up any unnecessary. Because there's always, you know. I'm sure there's a, a, a graph <clears throat> that has hard knocks and what the team did that year. I'm sure there so is. See if you could look that up, Nick, and one of you, Nick's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, where, how they did that year. I think one team made it to the Super Bowl. Was it the Bengals? Maybe. I know the, someone, the Lions, did, had a really the Lions did very well last year, yeah. obviously, yeah. after being on it. Hold on. T- Stand by. The best team was on there was the 2010 Jets who made it to the AFC Championship game. Okay. That was the farthest. That was the farthest. We had a couple of team. It was the Lions did well, yeah. Lions did well. The first one was the defending Super Bowl champion Ravens. I believe they won the wild card game and then lost in the division. There's a graphic somewhere. I can pull it up right, right now. See what, see what you can find. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I would like to see it, actually. I, I, think, I think why not? Raise your hand. Who would be the stars of that? A baker. Yeah, well, baker, baker would be good. Well, here's the thing. Baker was already the star of Hard Knocks the first time they did it with Cleveland. Yeah. He wants no part of it, I'm sure. There's always going to be some undraft. Sean Tucker's perfect. He'd be Because the story. Yeah. They always uh, yeah. try to find somebody with a story. He'd be a great so story. So Sean Tucker would be the great. Because they always try to find like an undrafted guy with a story. So mm-hmm. Sean Tucker would, I think, probably apply there. Mm-hmm. Because Marpet and Donovan Smith were, were funny. Those guys, they, they were good. Cody they were, Malk. Yeah, Cody, Cody Malk might be a little good. Um, Gedeke, uh, the glass eater. I could see Vita. Vita Vea. Vita Vea's got a, like a quirky, yeah. kind of understated uh, hum- humor to him. They'll definitely men- they'd mention Winfield with his father because we have to cover that storyline still. Yeah, of course. One uh, other good storylines would be there. Uh, I'm just trying to think of who's funny. Oh, Brian Jensen. Jensen's fantastic. I was gonna say awesome. I was gonna say Devin White if he's there. Devin, <laughs> Devin White, Devin, Devin White would be searching out the camera. I think Devin would be the Jameis of the group. He'd be searching out the camera 
and, and want, wanting to be on all the time. No, the more I talk about it, maybe they should go for it. Yeah. They got some guys there Why that'd not? be fun. Who else? Who else would be fun? God, uh, Todd Bowles would be so much fun. <laughs> well, I was I was working in Atlanta when when the Falcons did it with Mike Smith, and Mike Mike was like he could not have been more against it. Mike is an old I could see that football coach that just wanted no freaking part of it, and there was a couple scenes in there where you could just tell that they were trying to get him to be you know to be somebody he wasn't, and it was so awkward. It was so awkward and. uh yeah, I think Bowles would be a lot like that too. I think Todd Bowles would want none of that. Like he would definitely veto that if if he could. But the Glazers, you know, I don't. They might, you know, it's just a team that's gone from uber relevancy to zero relevancy. Right. So if you're the Buccaneers officials, you want this. The Glazers, <laughs> I think, would want this. Do you get paid to do this? Um. I don't know. There's got to be some compensation involved. I think more of it is just, you know, in terms of your marketing and, and uh, merchandising and all those things that you just get, you know, you could become the cool team. And I think to some degree the Lions used that. I think there was a lot of stuff from the Lions that people gravitated to, you know, they, to the No, coach. Dan Campbell was yeah. made for hard knocks. Exactly. He didn't talk bulls as no Dan Campbell. <laughs> And I say that, you know, in a good way, in a you know, kind of good way. I, I like that, Kim. I think he's entertaining. I think he's upbeat. I like, the, I like pa- the energy that the he Patriots brings, Aren't the Patriots eligible? Can I get cameras there? Oh Can I see God. Bill in that setting, please? That would just or be... Or Tomlin? Tomlin would be fantastic. I would love I to. I think he would hate it, though. Oh, they all hate <laughs> it. They both they would all hate it. it. No, I think course, Dan Campbell a... liked it. Well, you know... There's a situation where you have a team that's completely irrelevant, that's on the come, that you might want. Yeah, hey, everybody come watch what we're doing. Yeah. I think the Bucks are in kind of in that situation. You want to, you know, I think it, it does give you an opportunity to, to, to showcase your facilities. You know, Florida, you know, of course it's training camp. It's hot as hell, so maybe not to other players. But I think, I think other players would, would look at it and, and say, you know, this looks like a cool place to play and, and, and I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't look at the downsides of it. I don't. I don't. I think you should be mature enough to handle it in this day and age, where there's cameras everywhere. You should be able to handle it. I, there shouldn't well, be the a only, downside. The, the only one that I could think of that was super chaotic was the Raiders one, if you recall. Yeah. Because that was the one where I think we had the photo or the the video of Antonio Brown like in his home and yes. finding out that yes. he got released, and yeah. he went like he yeah. went like bonkers because he was so excited that he got released. Yeah. That was the really crazy one, I recall. Yeah. But we don't have a lot of crazy on this team, thank God. No. Yes, Nick? So I got the list of what happened to every Hard Knocks team right, if you go. want me to go through let's it. Go. All right. I'll start off with the two mid, uh, like middle of the season ones. This year was the Arizona Cardinals. Disaster. Third overall pick. Disaster. You want to talk about disaster. The other team was the 2021 Indianapolis Colts. So they showed them losing to Jacksonville in the final game of the year to not make the playoffs. Ooh, ouch, babe. Yeah. All right. So, mid original season teams. Uh, Lions nine and eight, but missed the playoffs. Twenty twenty one. Dallas Cowboys finished twelve and five. Yeah, got that. Lost That's in, the one. That's the one. I was lost thinking. on the wild card. Yeah. Uh, twenty twenty was COVID, and they split it between the L.A. Chargers and Rams. The Chargers went seven and nine, and missed the playoffs. That was when they still thought uh, Tyrod Taylor was going to be the starter before they nearly killed him yeah right and then the rams went 10 and 6 and lost in yeah. the divisional playoff to the packers but yeah. after they had beaten the seahawks yeah good team yeah crazy 
We just mentioned it. Craziness, 2019, Oakland Raiders. Uh, 2018, that was with the Browns. That was the year they won 7-8-1 when Baker Mayfield's rookie year. So Baker yeah. has already bid on Hard Knocks. 7-8-1 for the Browns is not bad. 2017, that was us. 5-11, yeah, that was a rough disaster. year. 2016, Rams again. First year in Los Angeles. So you had Jeff Fisher and a rookie Jared Goff. Yeah. I remember that one. Uh... Four and twelve didn't make the playoffs. Nope, thank you. Twenty fifteen was like the first one I fully remember watching. Was a pretty good season. Houston Texans nine and seven. Yeah, first in the AFC South. That's enough. That's all. So it it shouldn't affect you. It shouldn't affect you. And I think where the Bucks are right now. Yeah, I'd raise my hand. Why not? Seriously though, from a from a marketing standpoint and relevancy relevancy standpoint, yeah. Yeah, you don't have Brady anymore. Who's the budding star? You know the whole. You know Baker Mayfield coming back. You know has a good good camp. You got the Trask Mayfield competition. See, see, last year the Bucks would have been prime for hard knocks. Then I would be I would be more interested with the storylines. I'm mm-hmm. looking for storylines, and I'm like, I think Kalijah Cansey. I like a good. Story. I like juicy storylines. Like we have some Kalijah stories, Kansi. a lot of feel good stories. I like juicy right. stories. Like they go to Dallas. I feel like I'm always going to get a juicy story out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, for 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 the nation, I don't think anybody would be excited about when they named the Bucks Hard Knocks. I think everybody would the be ratings like, would probably tank. Uh, well, but then put some spice into it. See what happens. Just blow the show up. Just blow the show up. Aren't we getting towards the point too, where like we have to start getting cameras out like pretty soon? Well, the thing is, um, you know, for for look at these websites like for the Buccaneers. I mean, how much more access can you get? I mean, it's all controlled by the team, but in essence, so is HBO. I mean, they're controlled by the team as well. Like, they have editing. So, I mean, I don't know. The Bucks give more access to their players than just about any, any website I know. They do a fantastic job. And most of these teams now are covering their teams like that, and you get all this access just on the websites alone. So it's not as novel as it used to be. I mean, the team said, well, if HBO is going to come in here and do it, why don't we do it and make money off of it? So they've done that. So I now, now, the original part of this particular segment was supposed to be who are we going to add, all right? And, you know, I, tight end is a position I would like to see maybe go get a, get a veteran. Problem is, Cam Brate's the best of the tight ends available. <laughs> so, I don't know what we're going to do. There's the interesting Mitchell Wilcox is interesting. He's still only 26 years old, former USF guy. Um, I think he was injured last year, but the year before, or no, the year before he was injured. Last year, he had 17 catches on 18 targets, which is interesting. It's kind of like a, a, an a analytic on a baseball number. It's like you didn't give him a lot of targets, but Jesus. I mean, what is that, 98 percentile, 97, 97% catch rate? That's pretty good. You know, he's got, he's got good size. Um, he's, uh, what is he? I think he's like 6'5". Let me, let me get these numbers. Um. I mean, he hasn't had a whole lot of success, but not not a. He's six four. Yeah, six four two two fifty. So yeah, you know, he, a guy that can definitely give you a little bit of girth there. He's had two years of experience, so a little bit more experience. But I don't know. It, you can have him for basically nothing. But the the tight end room in general is um, not a star studded group to to say the least. Cam Brate, uh, oh. Jeff Swain. Respectfully, uh, yeah. no. Jeff Swain from Tennessee, Mercedes Lewis. Um, Mercedes Lewis is 39 years old. Is that 
It's yeah, because he does one. He's still around because he does one thing amazingly yeah. well. Yeah, and that's block. Um, Adam Shaheen, Kyle Rudolph's still out there. Any takers? <laughs> um, I mean, Ian Bunting. I mean, it's just nothing. I there. don't see anything here that's helping me. No, there's nothing there. There's not. Now go to the running back room, which I think we could, you know, maybe add a veteran running back. And, we already added a veteran running back. Another one. Um, and there's, you know, a couple names you might have heard of: Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook. Oh, there's playoff Lenny. <laughs> playoff Lenny's still available. Still a free agent, huh? Still a free agent. What's he up to? About two ninety. See a free agent running back or a defensive lineman. We could bring him off the edge, maybe. Disrespectful. No? It is disrespectful. I'm sorry. Lenny, Listen, Lenny was gassing this organization up on Good Morning Football last I week. I saw How that. dare you? I, and I love Lenny, but he, he, was a little, he was a little slow last year. Okay, well, you know what? We like, when, when the player leaves, we try to focus on the good, and he right. got us to a Super Bowl. Oh, we love. Oh, he gave us, you know, he was a huge part of that. We don't win a Super Bowl without Lenny. He was amazing. Um, but last year, not so much. Uh, Kareem Hunt is out there. 27 years old, J.D. McKissick. You might as well just stop after. You How about a little well... Giovanni Bernard? <laughs> How about a little Gio? Well, I got a great idea. We'll run a fake punt. He retired. <laughs> he retired. I did I ever... Let's, let's just do a little quick look at the reel. The Giovanni Bernard reel that I put on of him and uh, Rick Stroud and Jen Elaine and uh, them like, arguing or whatever that was, the altercation. I put that. I had a really good view of it, and I, I taped it and put it up on my on my story. Uh, and um, I did a reel. Last check, it had 1.2 million views. Jeez. Yeah, a crazy, like absolutely bananas. I haven't checked it in a while. Um, yeah, one. Oh, we're up to 1.3 million. 1.3 million views. That's Giovanni Bernard's finest hour. <laughs> His only time he was relevant, Tampa Bay. Sorry, Gio. Sorry, buddy. That sucked for you. Great guy, though, by the way. Great. I have a friend who's a neighbor with him. Super great guy. Of course he didn't want to talk about it, but, you know, you kind of got to talk about it. You just, just face some stupid well, questions to your point and move on, bro. It's to not your, that big a deal. To your point about this running back position, you can almost stop after the first four and, you know. Oh, wait a minute. Come on down. There's Royce Freeman. Oh, my God. David Johnson. Who oh, cares? come on. Who, Kenyon Drake. Who cares about bring these him guys? In. Marlon Mack, speaking of USF, let's bring in. Mitchell and, and Marlon Mack. We get a little bull love, Bulls love going there. Sell some tickets. Good. They're a huge fan base that they have. Um, I'm good. Ben, <laughs> Benny Snell Jr. is only 25. Ooh, Benny Snell Jr. Benny Snell Jr. is out there. Mr. Kentucky. So, you want some um, Master Teague in your life? <laughs> I do want some Master Teague Come in my on. life. Who doesn't want a little Master Teague? Speaking of hard knocks, give me some Master Teague here. Come on. Let's go. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any option at the tight end position. I don't see anything at the there's running back position. At the tight end position. There's, there's just, there's nothing there for this team, and they don't have, quite frankly, any. I know all these guys would be signing for vet minimums anyway at this point, but I don't see much, much value to it. And of the top four running backs, I see one guy who probably is struggling t- to cope with the fact that he's not that guy anymore, Zeke Elliott. I see another guy, Dalvin Cook, who is still really good, but is really twenty-seven. Good. And is probably looking money. for more money than he's than he's worth at this point. Uh, Leonard Fournette, bleh. And then Kareem Hunt, yeah. Reunite him and Baker. See, I, I don't. I'm, I'm that against story twenty twenty Cleveland. I'm playoff. against any running back that would potentially take too many carries away from Rashad White because, as we talked about yesterday on this show, we think he's well, pencil, We we think that he's due for a thousand yards plus this year yeah, you, at that position. 
I think we're a little. And bad. I think they're okay. I, I think they're okay behind him. I, I Chase Edmonds was a little underused in in Miami. I saw that dude in Arizona, and he could scoot. He's what, got some underrated scoot to him. But here's the thing: one of these guys is getting hurt. That's just the law of averages. But Chase Edmonds, Sneak, or or Rashad is going to get hurt. One of them is going to get hurt. So now you're going to now do you need somebody? But the thing is, with this list, you can always go get somebody. They're always going to be so many different running backs moving around. I mean, yeah. James Robinson on that list. He just got cut. I don't. That's so weird to me. He got cut by the Patriots after mandatory minicamp. He's a thousand yard rusher two years ago. Yeah. And he's only 24 and he's on the free agent market. I mean, there's going to be so much movement, especially cuts and things like that. There's going to be a big name guy that probably gets cut unexpectedly. They can make that move at some point through the season, in my opinion. I would agree. So, but I think if they add anything, those are the two positions I think they would add. And there's just not a whole lot out there to, to add. So, um, maybe, maybe they'll just go with the guys they got, you know, and hope these, a lot of these young players step up. All right, we'll take another break. Uh, when we come back, interesting story of uh, uh, New England Patriots player, Jack Jones, who is in a little bit of hot water and how that's shaking out. Um, Rod Carew had to defend himself on Twitter. I think that's funny. We'll talk about gambling and sports, and the NBA draft is coming up as well. Um, we'll get into some college football. Lots more coming your way in the 11 o'clock hour. We're brought to you by Extravaganza Productions. If you have an event coming up, they are the folks to do it for you. Go to extravaganzaproductions.com. Big or small, they do it all. Back in three. Stay with us. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. You can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. 
but it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here in our second hour, brought to you by great folks at the Jeeves Law Group and the great folks at Italiano Insurance. Been in business for over 60 years, and I know your insurance costs are going through the roof, folks, so it's always good to check and see if they can save you some money. Uh, chances are they can, so give them a call at 813-877-7799. And with storm season opening, we, just, of course, just had one out there in, in the Gulf, but that's not going to be a problem. But there, there are storms are coming. I read something today that there's this historic event going on in uh, the waters off of Africa going up to the North Sea that the waters are hotter than they've ever been before. That's going to cause some crazy kind of hurricane season. This is also the day, by the way, that Greta Thornburg said the world would would end because of climate change. So, storms outside, but I don't. I think she might be off on that one. Of course, Al Gore said that, that all of the major cities would be underwater by 2010. That didn't happen. 
So, I don't know. Yeah, some of these predictions. Yeah, not the news I consume. Some of these predictions, you know. You, you know what I have come been. And go. You know what I have been into. Like, <laughs> and I'm so invested in right now. And we talked about it yesterday with this whole Titanic thing. Yeah. I'm, how can you not be in? Like, it's sad. Like, it really is. But I mean, it's it, like you can't like look away from it. It is a weird story because you know you, you've got five billionaires. I, I don't even. Do we know who these people are? I personally don't know. Yeah. So he's like really rich people that want to go down to see this Titanic in a in a can that's operated. By, I'm not getting in that thing. <laughs> I know. It I'm like no watching seats. the guy like show me how to like control it. I'm like it's literally just a PlayStation controller. It's a it's a thirty dollar Logitech PlayStation controller that controls the sub. And now it does have like four or five redundancies to bring it back up <laughs> to the surface, which clearly did not work, and. Soccer. It's sealed by the outside, from the outside. You can't even get out from the inside, which, you know, at those depths, that, that wouldn't really matter. You don't want to get out. You're not swimming to the surface two and a half miles. You'd, you'd explode once you get out into the water. Anyway, the pressure is ridiculous down there. And that's why if you're going down there, you better be in a super secure, like, apparatus. That thing is... It, it, what are you doing? I, yeah, I'm, I, I just have so world? many questions. I'm like, did you, you, did you send you that thing? Go, you want to go down there to, to peek through a 20-inch window at the Titanic? Did you? I can see it on video, bro. Like, what are we doing? What do I? So I have a hard time. I mean, I, have I just want to know how they how they how they convince like how do they convince these people to get in this thing? If you're that rich, willingly how, do it? How do you, like, well, I ask this question all the time. How do these rich people? How are they so dumb? The smartest, the richest people in the world are the dumbest people in the they world. They can be. They can be. They can be really stupid. Okay, so that being said, now I guess I, I hadn't followed as much as you, but didn't they get a ping off it or something? Didn't they? <clears throat> yeah, like the Canadian, whatever, something in Canada, they're hearing noises or whatever. They're picking up these these noises in the water around the area or whatever, but they haven't been able to identify it or things like that. And then I saw like the Titanic expedition guy was on Fox News yesterday. Jim Cameron, yeah. And he was just like, I think his money quote was like, what you people don't understand is like, we've, had, we've sent more people to space right. than people have been down that low, yeah. in those depths of water. And like, I mean, because that's what everybody's like, what are, we do, what are we doing? How can we do this? Like, why are we not like going faster? And it's like, there's only so much you can really do at this point. No. Like, there's nothing you can do. And that's what he kind of said. It's like, not to be grim, but like, there's like nothing like the Navy can do or anybody at this point. Yeah, the pressure. It's so of the dangerous. Water. And here's what the weirdest part is: I believe they like signed like a bunch of papers before they went on this, yes. and it said like multiple times, like the word death, death. is like mentioned <laughs> Three there. Three times on the first page. Like that you were risking this and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Which if, if you're putting that in front of my face, I'm I'm pretty much out. I think that should be pretty uh, standard. But what I tell my kids all the time, and I've told them from a young age, is you know choices will determine your life. Seriously, the choices you make. Dick Vitale uh, he has a wonderful speech. You can look it up on YouTube. And I've seen him do it in person when he talks to kids about the choices that you make. They're gonna t- the choices that you make are going to determine the outcome of your life. Simple as that. Like it, so, in, so what are your tools for making tough choices in your life? And I'm like, risk-reward. Do the risk-reward. What's the reward for going down that far? To, to to see the Titanic through a twenty inch window, okay? You're not going to be roaming around the stair the stairwells. <coughs> You're not going to be going into to to the the captain's quarters, okay? You're just going to see a lot of dark stuff that you've already seen a thousand times on video. All right, so that's the reward. What's the risk? Uh, death. 
in a can at the bottom of the sea. In, in, I mean, there's reasons why there's only five submersibles in the world that can go down that far. It's because we don't know a lot about the technology that, that well, we, we know a lot about. It's just hard. It's really, really hard to do. And so, yeah, the risk-reward there, folks, is not. It's very incongruent. Like, risk, reward, eh. That's a no for me. That's a, what are you watching there? That's, that's, a, that's a little graphic of it's like a, it's Yeah, it's like a, it's a visualization that gives visual, visualization. Visualization, you said. <laughs> Golly, man. Some words trip me up. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, of the depths of the ocean, including the location, and it tells you like how deep everything is yeah. as you go further and further and further and further. And like we're already like, I'm like halfway through the video and we're at like 1,600 meters. We're like halfway there. Yeah. And like it's just crazy, crazy how low, how low this goes, crazy. And I can't even imagine what that must have felt like when you get down to. That's got to be scary as hell. Like, cause there's you know the the thing starts creaking, you know it's it's awful. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what more than anything, it's scary. Yeah, it's just straight up scary. Look at that. Yeah, that's way down there. We're watching a visual. Not great radio, but we apologize. But go look it up. <laughs> we'll retweet it retweeted on our stuff it, it's bizarre and I, I don't even know people were doing this this is what like the fifth voyage they've made i guess so yeah yeah like why I, again i i don't i don't i think a lot of times too people are so um you know especially rich people they feel invincible that they can buy anything well you you, you can't buy your life back after that so i you know i feel sorry for them and their families but that was really that was a really bad choice on their on their parts so and all the, you know, and, and, and to be, and I don't want to get into this too much, but all the r- resources that are being expended by Coast Guards, you know, trying to get these people and what we don't spend on, you know, huge boats of people like human beings that are trying to get certain places and we don't even care about them. I, it, it's, uh, it's a little uh, disproportionate in my opinion. But anyway, this is what it is. I've seen the Titanic stuff. It's 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 fascinating, but send the drone down. That, that could be my eyes like and ears like and everything else. Like we've done before, right? Yeah. I don't need to be there. You know, and, and most of it is... <laughs> and they, I, they I made a good to point, you. too. It took like 75 years for anybody to even find the freaking boat at the bottom of the water. Right. Right? And you think in this time frame we're going to find this little submarine? No. Come on. No, we're not. And by the way, most of the reason they probably went there is so they could put it on their Instagram. Yeah, you know, sadly. I went, to, I, went to, <laughs> I went to the bottom of the ocean. You got reception down that low? I don't think you're putting it live. You're probably taking a video. <laughs> Even then, does it, I don't, see, I don't know anything. Like, does anything work down there? I don't know. Well, <laughs> the submarine didn't work down there. Uh, there's just two things that just, I hate the, the ocean to me is so scary mm. because we've, We've like explored like six percent of it. Yeah, that's what makes it very scary to me. Yeah, of course. And in outer space, like those two things, I just don't mess with. You don't need to. You just, just don't need to. We can send things up there to give us. <laughs> I can see we the. Need. I can see the little radars. I, I, Looks cool for what, me. I don't need. I you know don't need been? to see it. I've been to the surface of Mars. Ooh. I know what it looks like. I've seen live pictures. I've, I've I've heard it. I know what it sounds like. You know what? But guess what? I did it from my couch. <laughs> on my. I, I did it while I was I sitting need, on the toilet. I, I did didn't it. Need to get into a rocket <laughs> and fly for four years to get there. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Mad respect to those who do it for a living and all those things, but 
You're yeah. braver than I I'll just say it. You're braver than I am. I'll just say it. You really are. I am less of a man than you because I will not go to outer space. Well, who is the guy that decided I'm going to make this submarine, this submersible, and just that's going to be my job, taking people down there for $250,000 a ticket? See, so should those people then, should they go into prison? No. No. Like, they should be liable for some of this, no, right? Or absolutely, no, absolutely, 100% not. They, they force them, these people into the submersible at gunpoint? But if, you're, but if your submarine so. blows up down there and has a faulty thing... Thus, this 12-page disclaimer... Uh, that they had this I get it, but design. like... <laughs> no, no, you don't know. And stuff like that, you people know damn well what they're getting into, and they know what the risks are, which is why they make them sign these papers. And no, no, they're not liable. That's, there's too much of that in this world. Yeah, that's true. Where people are like, oh, that's somebody else's fault. No, you decided to do that. It's nobody else's fault but your own. And, and I could look, look at a million things that are people get money for um, when they should have known better. So, yeah. All right. Well, 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 you had a great, you had a transition in there somewhere, and I'm going to just steal it now. When you talked about life is about the choices that you make, thank you, and the consequences that come with them, mm-hmm. and that leads me into this story. <clears throat> yes, of Patriots quarterback Jack Jones. Somebody else not taking personal responsibility. Uh, no, and second year player, and he was arrested last Friday at the uh, Logan Airport in Boston. Uh, for having two handguns found in his luggage and ammunition as well, with his name on it as well. Uh, He posted his $30,000 cash bail, had his first court hearing yesterday. Um, Two of the counts against Jones... This was in his checked luggage, right? Yeah. uh, Two of his counts against him carry mandatory minimum prison sentences of two and a half years if indicted or later convicted. The other carry mandatory minimum sentences of 18 months if he is either indicted uh, indicted or convicted. And I, I wrote this yesterday. I was reading through some of the quotes from his attorney, uh, Rosemary Scapiccio, I believe is how you pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she had she first said he had no intention of bringing any guns into Logan Airport that day. No intention. No intention. And but they I, were in his checked luggage. Correct. Um, okay, so how did they get in his checked luggage without him intending to put them there? I, I Again, she says you need to wait for the evidence to come through. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, and then she went on a, a little bit of a rant she, here. She's going to tell me that we have we. There's a reason, but she can't tell me now. She's going to tell me everything else, but she can't tell me that. The main thing we need to know, she can't tell me that. Wait, wait till the evidence comes out. Okay, lawyer. <laughs> and then she had a uh, a rant here towards the social media and media coverage of this whole thing. And I'll okay. read you. I'll read you the quote here because oh, it, it sticks out. This is good. <clears throat> It's the social media and the media who have turned him into a thug, who have labeled him a thug with no evidence whatsoever. Because he's a young black man, all of a sudden he's a thug. That's what's happened here. It's disrespectful to Mr. Jones and every other black man in America. This is the institutional racism we deal with every day uh, in the court system. That label that was attached to him through social media almost got him fired, and it was completely unfounded. End quote. Well, I, I think she's a brilliant lawyer. That's a great card to play <laughs> in this day and age. It's a great card to play. But let's address the no evidence part. Well, she also, uh, to go a little bit further here, uh, she said people were saying he was trying to get the guns past security. Nothing could be further from the truth. That's not what happened in this case. I suggest we wait to hear all the evidence before people jump to a conclusion. The guns were in his check baggage, correct? It doesn't mention it here in the article exactly about check baggage. But it's, it just says that they were found 
Authorities at Boston's Logan Airport found a Glock box with two guns and ammunition inside a bag with Jones's name on it. Oh, so he hadn't he hadn't put it through yet? Found it found where did they find the bag? Was it before he went through security? After he went through security? Was it I, I checked back? I mean, well, maybe these are some of the facts that she's talking about. Well, yeah, clearly. When, but if, God, you're writing an article and you say a bag was found with his name on it at the airport. That's it. That's all we get. I mean, did he did he leave his gun bag there? I mean, yeah. I mean, that that's that's part part of what we should know. But he he has a rap sheet as well. Uh, a little bit, yeah. So it goes back to when he was at college. Uh, Arizona, er, we'll just start with the most recent thing. He was suspended in late December from the Patriots for a, for an unspecified violation of club rules. Uh, and Bill Belichick said that did not go into specifics, said it was in the past, and, and there you go, they move on. Uh, he started his career college career at USC. He was arrested for breaking into a restaurant in 2018, uh, and a plea agreement reduced the initial felony charges to a second-degree misdemeanor charge of commercial burglary. He ended up at Arizona State, where he was then suspended in 2020 for fighting during practice. So those are his previous kind of kind of incidents. Okay, so he's he's got some he's got some troubled spots here, and we don't know what it was. You know, of course, the New England Patriots. These are you know the people that drafted uh, Aaron Hernandez, kept him on their correct. His agent, his agent has only is the only one that has his agent Jamal Tucson is the only one who said something about it. He described it as a miscommunication regarding Jones's rehabilitation from a knee injury. The gun thing? No, his his suspension from the oh, Patriots okay. last year. All right. Um, so yeah, there's there's some there's some some stuff here with this guy, no question about it. Um, but I'd I'd have to know a lot more about the case. But yeah, I, to be fair, there is a lot of information that I feel like is is missing so far that we haven't been able to collect. So, um, I just you read the first quote or the second quote that I read you. It kind of obviously that one's going to jump out more than all the other ones. Yeah, I mean it's it's. To blame social media and media, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. He's, he's got a bit of a checkered past. There's no question about that. Um, you know, and teams, you got to know the teams that you played for are going to give you some leniency in terms of, you know, especially if you're a really good player. They're not going to just willy-nilly suspend you. Certainly not the Patriots aren't going to. Um, but, I, you know, the, the Patriots organization, as I mentioned, is the same one that kept Aaron Hernandez around when they knew that, uh, there was a lot of red flags there as well. Well, and what's interesting about this is, and I was at, we were actually talking about this yesterday in our on three chat because you know we cover NASCAR pretty heavy. I don't know if you if you caught this. This happened in February this year. Uh, Kyle Busch kind of had something similar happen, where he had handgun and ammunition discovered in his luggage at a Mexican airport. And what, he what was. Are we, what are you doing? And like, he was you can't bring a gun on exactly. A plane. And he was. What are we doing? And he was des- detained there. And he said the same thing. It was a mistake. He was sentenced to three and a half years in prison in order to pay a one thousand dollar fine. Uh, but it clearly nothing really happened from that. And he's obviously back in the states and racing and all those type of things. So it kind of like the two situations there kind of mirror each other a little bit. Yeah. Like, so he was gonna. Like, I don't even know. Can you bring a gun on a private plane? I don't You're think I, I. I'm not. I mean, I'm not the biggest air, airplane guy. Yeah, I don't fly private ask. a whole hell of a lot, so I don't know, and I don't have a gun, so I don't. It's not something that I would know. Um, I would still think. I still think you probably can't. Um, how do people transport their guns back and forth? I mean, is there a way to do that if you're going somewhere? I don't know. I, I, I have no. 
I, I have no idea. What do you what do you got, intern Nick? You got some? So to answer your question on the uh, prop, can you carry hold, hold on, hold Pro- on, hold on a second. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. To answer your question about guns on private flights, uh, according to this, you can. But it's pretty strict. Fire, according to this, firearms and ammunition must be placed in baggage compartments on the aircraft. It must be completely empty of any mission at time of boarding, and it must be in a secure box. So it's like, yeah, you can bring it, but that that thing better be unlocked. Yeah. So that's basically the rule. The whole point here is it's just, and I, I, I saw this too this morning as well. You have 17 NFL players since 2020 who have been arrested on gun charges, right? And it's not just gun charges. They're, John Morant's a great example. It's just athletes, man. Be smarter. No. Just be smarter. It's just... This, to me, doesn't add up, the whole thing about he didn't intend to bring guns with him on this trip. Well, they were in your bag. So unless you were framed or somebody put those in there or you didn't look through your bag, which I don't know about you, but when I'm traveling somewhere, I feel like I know everything that's in my bag. Especially if it's a Especially gun. Especially if it's a gun of all things. If that that excuse gun. has always just, to me, been yeah. so ridiculous when you say, well, I didn't know I had a gun in my bag. I didn't know it was in there. I've never understood that one. So and just in general, it's like, be smarter. Yeah, I don't get it. Nick, I gotta add, it's kind of funny you brought up John Morant because have either of you seen uh, Jack Jones' old tweet that's gone viral recently? I heard about it. I did not see it though. Here's the tweet: At John Morant, dumb. You let in social media and you pride ruin your money. Put them guns down and run that money. Make one of your homies sign up for security or conceal carry if you feel like you need it that bad. But but you, the breadwinner, you got to start acting like it. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. Golly. I mean, again, I'm not. I've not been a gun owner. I, I, I want to get one now. I need to get a gun now. Um, but I just don't. How do you forget that you have a gun? Is it that commonplace when you have one and you just bring it? Is it like a, your cell phone? You just forget. I mean, I don't. I never forget where my cell phone is. Right. Ever. I mean, if I had a gun, you know, especially if it was loaded and had ammunition, I would know. And I'm going on a trip. Like, at what point do you not? Does it not go, hey, where's my gun? Did I put, is it still in my bag? Let yeah, and it's check. not, and I'm not saying like, oh, any athlete shouldn't own a gun or anything. I'm, I think they should. I'm the furthest, per, I'm not telling you that by any means. I'm just saying when you're traveling, especially through airlines, can we just be a little bit more self-aware? Yeah. Is that, is that too hard to ask? I don't think so. Because, again, it can And then when you do it, it can get change. Caught, don't blame it on everybody else. Because it, it can change your entire life just like that when you're in a public, a public occupancy like this. It's a bad choice. It's just a bad choice. It's a really bad choice. Yeah, I, I. And then, and then this leads into the second incident from yesterday mm-hmm. involving an NFL player, and this was Tyree Kill. Obviously, a bit more pro, uh, high profile than um, Jack Jones. He's been accused of assaulting a man no, over the weekend. Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill. Yes, yeah. assaulting a man over the weekend. Yeah. At a. Uh, you might know where this is, the Hallover Marina. Know it well. In North Miami. Yes. Uh, according to Local 10 in Miami, uh, he got into a disagreement with an employee of a charter company, uh, allegedly ended with him slapping the man on the back of his head. Uh, Andy Slater of Foxport, South Florida, reports the incident started when Hill's crew tried boarding the boat without permission. Uh, the crew member said he does not want to press charges at the time. Police have a tame video which may show the altercation. Uh, but again, NFL players, athletes getting in trouble for very stupid things because it, the way they make it sound like is, you know, you you have a little disagreement, so you feel the need to just hit somebody. 
Well, I could see the guy like running up and going, like, "Hey, hey, hey! That's not your boat. You can't get on that boat." And Tyreek, you know, like pushing him aside or something. And Tyreek Hill just like slapping him. Yeah, I, I probably need to see the video for yeah. context here. Exactly, because it's interesting that he doesn't want to press charges. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's probably you know one of those silly things like that. So now he does have a little bit of a. But he um, has a rap sheet. Yeah. In 2019, he was investigated for child abuse but never faced any charges as a result. He also pleaded guilty to domestic assault and battery by strangulation following a 2014 incident. He was sentenced to three years of probation and anger management course, a year-long batterer's course, and a domestic abuse evaluation. That was back in 2014. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a... Look, again, it's the choices that we make, and if you're going to be a high-profile athlete like that, it's it's kind of I will agree with Jack Jones in this hire some security man, hire some security. I you know, I don't I don't see a lot of I guess players around here in Tampa Bay. I don't think they feel like they have a need for security. I mean Brady didn't have a security guy as far as I know. Uh, maybe when he went out in public he did. I don't know, but um, you know when I hobnob around with Daddy Yankee at the at the Pro Padel League, that dude had three guys. Three guys, you know, and they were, and one of them appeared to be someone that, of a local that he had following him from Pasco County, and then two other guys. One guy was clearly his guy, and, I mean, again, there was a champagne celebration going on like 20 feet away from him, and he shut that down real quick, like, get my, not around my guy. I mean, and that's, that's what you need. You don't need to carry. You don't, let somebody else do it. When you have that much money, there are people – that are trained to do this, they're trained what to look for, and they're trained to keep you out of these these situations. And the, by the way, they can drive you around as well, Tiger. So, yeah, I mean, golly, all, so many of these incidents could be prevented, prevented, e- and pretty easily. Yeah, and, the, and in the world we live in now, for guys, now I, you know, I, I guess it's probably not feasible for every athlete to have a security guard mm-hmm. everywhere they go. But if you're John Morant and you're making forty million dollars a year. It's tax deductible, by the way. It's a, it's a business expense. Why would you not have that? Yeah, and did you see the report, by the way, over the weekend that apparently inside his camp, and it's the same thing, they, mm-hmm. feel, like every, they feel like the NBA and yeah. everyone's out to get him? Yeah. That's the other thing we do that I don't understand. It's, it's like we mess up and then we try to just point everywhere else. Well, we've created the media, and especially here in America, we've created this victim mentality. And then even Everybody's like, a victim. even the video of John Morant, it's like, you could just, again, he's put out his apologies and all those things, and that's, and that's that, but you could leave it at that, but then there's the video that came out too, where he sent, I guess he sent to his family and friends, where he was, he had the gun again, and he was trying to show everybody that it's just a toy gun. Well, it just take, it's like he's just trying to prove, continuing to prove that I did nothing wrong, and there's nothing to see here and all this stuff. It's like, just take the punishment for, and move on. Just move on. And my, my other thing, by the way, with that is, First of all, if it's is a that toy a gun. Is that a punishment? What? I, I think every guy in the NBA would sign up for 25-game suspension. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Kawhi Leonard punishment right there. But the other, thing, the other thing, too, though, if it's, even if it's a toy gun, okay, my next question is, and this is, not, this is more just a, a funny one, it's like, okay, well, what are you doing rolling around the neighborhood with a toy gun? A grown man. A grown-ass man, yeah. And then I have more questions. I'm like... None of it makes sense. First of all, what is the point of a toy gun? That's my point. Like, what, like a toy gun? Like, that looks like a gun? That's going to get you in trouble. Oh, if you man. Have, if you have something that looks like a gun, it better work. <laughs> because that could bring a lot of problems on you. Yeah. yeah. Just some... 
Yeah. Just, Just be, be smarter. smarter. <laughs> be smarter, people. Be smarter or have people around you that are smart to tell you what to do and listen to them. Listen to them. Um, all right, we'll have a quick break. I want to have a, a little conversation about gambling when we come back. There's some, some news in, in the world of that. I want to get to this Rod Carew story, which I think is hilarious. Um, I'm sure you guys have some thoughts on your Orlando Magic and what they're going to do in the upcoming NBA draft. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to some stuff here. We will be back in three minutes. We're going to tell you a little bit about the good folks at Extravaganza Productions. If you have an event, charity event, a business meeting, large or small, they are the folks that can set it up for you with audio, visual, uh, creative themes, decorations, props, all that crazy stuff. Uh, the big uh, folks, the NFL works with them, the PPL, uh, the Warrior Games, they've done it all, large and small. It's Extravaganza Productions, back in three. For the Jeeves Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life, 
It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right, we're going to talk some gambling here. I love talking about gambling and how it's affecting professional sports and the players getting involved. Uh, there was an article uh, on the Times website done by the Associated Press that I read that I think is just freaking hilarious. By the way, we're brought to you by the good folks at American Mortgage Services. If you're thinking about buying a home or doing a refinance, I know um, numbers are still up, but you folks, if you're doing a refinance and you're paying 20% on your credit cards and you can get money at 5 or 6%, um, it's still saving you a lot of money. So look for that refinance to pay off some of your cards because the value of your, your home is continued to go up if you live here in florida especially in in tampa south tampa it's continued to go up so you still have money there that if you want to refinance and get some money out of that it's again cheaper than paying 20 percent for your credit cards or maybe a car loan pay off that stuff american mortgage services is the place to go for that give our good friend scott fitzgerald a call or an email scott at amstampa.com scott at amstampa.com tell him jp sent you um, and there's a lot of different rates that are out there. They've got a lot of different programs. So if you're thinking, eh, I don't want to buy a house because of the rates, think again. They can do some things to get your overall number down. So just give them a call. It's a free call. Have the conversation, and they'll find a way to get you into that house. That's Scott at AMSTampa.com. Um, all right, so in the wake of 
a couple of investigations that have gone on um, over the past year. So, of course, uh, Calvin Ridley, the most famous, suspended for a year for making, I think he made like one bet on an app on the Falcons or something. Um, kind of crazy. But he was, and the NFL was sending a message, right, to all the different players that this is not going to be tolerated. If we get, if we see this, you're not going to be able to to play. And if you can't, if you're an NFL player, you can't bet. You can wager. You can go to a casino and wager and play blackjack. You can go. In fact, I know a lot of guys that spend a lot of time over at in the private area at the casino. Football players. I'm not going to mention their names because. That's legal to do. They can do it, and they're they're free to do it. I don't want anybody passing judgment on them because they're free to do it. Now you can't in, in the NFL. You can't gamble, or in the NBA either. Um, you can't gamble on on at the facility or on road trips while you're with the team. Um, you can't gamble on obviously your own games or any in your league. Um, but you can, you know, you can gamble on other things and other sports. I think maybe some leagues don't allow you to vote on uh, gamble on any sports, but whatever. You can still become indebted to gambling people, but they would much rather you do it legally so you don't have to, you know, face some of the underworld stuff that really leads to match fixing and, you know, point shaving and things like that. But um, with the leagues now getting involved with gambling, obviously, you know, there's there's going to be an appearance. Is I never really understood the, the whole part of it. Guys can gamble. You can gamble with a bookie. It's not hard to find a bookie. It's not hard to, to do it illegally. Uh, it's not hard to do it legally now. You can mm-hmm. do it on so many ways, online, offshore. You can do it. So guys can get in trouble to gamblers any way. You, you really can't kind of legislate that unless you're monitoring their phones, which I guess the NFL is now. Um, and, and monitoring everything they do online, I don't know how you can definitively say stop them from, from doing betting online. You can't. Again, my policy on this is just don't do it at all. If you don't know the rules or there's a lack of understanding of what the rules say or anything like that, just don't do it. And I So think- you're saying if you're, a football, if you're a football player or any of these athletes, you shouldn't go to a casino? I would just stay away from the NFL. Altogether, no. Just don't do it, or whatever sport you're in. Just I don't care if you if you think no, you, you know the rules. You can't gamble on your sport. No, you can't be doing that. Well, that's my point though, is because I, I bring that up because of the whole thing with the Lions players who all got suspended, and and the whole Calvin Ridley thing. And I was just reading here because Ridley was asked about this this past week about the whole gambling thing, in light of what happened with the Lions players, and he said he was a bit you know it, it bugged him that these guys saw what happened to him. And then went out and did the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, they just didn't get it. Like, hey, this, this league going to take it very serious. Which, by the way, and I, I said this before, I'll never take this league serious that they're going to suspend a player a whole season for gambling and te- questioning the integrity of the game, right? <clears throat> While he's away from the team and clearly was going through some, some really strong mental battles, which he wrote about in the Players' Tribune and took, and took responsibility for it. He didn't make excuses, right. Right. which I'd like to see. But then in the same vein, they'll turn around, and when someone hits somebody, right, or they hit their wife or their spouse or anything like that, they'll turn around and they'll be like, yeah, six games, that's fine. Six games and you can return. I'll never take the league serious for these policies. Yeah. I just won't. They, they tell you right here in these policies they're taking gambling more serious than they do off-the-field incidents that are, I think, in my opinion, are a lot more serious. I do, too. And again, I'm not sure why sports leagues are supposed to be the moral compass of, of our society. 
Um, but they take it more seriously because <laughs> it affects the integrity of the game. Like if people don't, because because these these owners know that their game exists because people gamble on it. You know what? You for, know what? For a it, large degree. You know what affects the integrity of the game directly? Uh, the officiating. <laughs> there you go. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. yeah. To me, you want to talk about the integrity of the game. Stop having. Decisions made in New York about games and this that goes, are going on. This goes Seattle. for all sports. This goes for NFL officials. This goes for MLB umpires. Yeah. This goes for NHL referees, NBA officials, all of it, who directly impact the game when they make ridiculous calls that are nonsensical that are being handed down for them from the front office, front offices of these leagues. And even if they make a bad call, do they get checked? Do they get dinged? Do they get reprimanded? Do we say, okay, you're out? We don't do well, that. Well, to me, Exhibit A is, is MLB is the worst at this. Right. We have guys who have been calling Angel Hernandez. He's still calling games. Right. Why? Right. Why? Yeah. We don't. We don't. They don't make an effort to get better officials. They just yeah. keep the same guys and who have been making bad calls for years. And there's a case to be made. That it's my that problem. Guy, that, that guy that's makes it personal. That yeah. to me is affecting the integrity well, of the game. To me, the biggest farce is having these decisions made at the league level. Like Correct. we got to go to Toronto. To get a decision, yeah. we you're gotta go telling to New me, York. You're telling me that yeah. your officials suck and are incapable of making right. their own decision. And you're also te- you're also leaving the opportunity open for the folks in New York to control every football game. Correct. To control the outcome of every single football game. Correct. So if you're looking at an integrity issue, you know if I was if I was doing a you know a third party uh, evaluation of how the NFL runs their business. And you said, and, and they've hired you to say, I want the, the public to know that our game is com- is clean, and there's no way you can fix a game. I would say, well, the first thing I would do was get rid of this policy right here, where you're making this major decisions on how football games turn out at a, at a central location in, in in New York, and those people are not accountable. And the other part is that those decisions seem completely arbitrary. Like what's a catch? What's not a catch? What's a touchdown? What's not a touchdown? Uh, what's roughing the passer? How many times have we seen roughing the passer calls change the entire outcome of a game? We both will tell you we think the Bucks would have lost a game this yeah, year to, to the Falcons if they didn't make that call. Hundred percent. And you can't. So and you're telling. And some of these, not all, but some of these calls are being made at the league level. That's ridiculous. There's no reason for that. You because like you say, you're saying that your officials that are on site are incompetent. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they're even in communication, even though they, they now the calls supposedly come from this crew here, right, that are on the ground, but they're in communication with the people in New York. And if they're in communication with them, you have a conduit to fix the game at a league level. To me, why is that not talked about more? I mean, it's, it's plain as day. You can't have that because if you were going to fix a game, then you would, you would have to, without that, you'd have to get that particular crew or one person on that crew who's going to be outweighed by other people on the crew. It's much more difficult if it's contained, as opposed to a league that's up, you know, somebody who's up at, upstairs that can just manipulate. And sometimes I think that's why they use these, make these rules intentionally ambiguous. What's a catch? What's not a catch? Remember when they went to we can we can now we're going to legislate pass interference, which was an absolute disaster. That was so bad they had to get rid of it. But they could, out, they could change the outcome. That's the most punitive penalty in sports, right? A 40-, 60-, 70-yard penalty that basically you can give a touchdown to if it's into the end zone. The Super Bowl. Yeah. Great example. I mean, yeah, exactly. So 
you can change games like that and to have the power to do it at the league level, to me, needs to be extinguished in, in a way. Much more so than Agreed. than <laughs> having the ability to suspend these players. And, you know, let's get into some some talks about privacy an invasion of privacy. Are these are these players' phones? Because that's how they caught Ridley, right? Yeah. They intercepted a text message yeah, or it, saw it, that it, his, his phone was being pinged or something from a gambling site right. while he was on site. So all these, are these players aware that, that their phones are being monitored by the teams at the facilities? Is that, has that been bargained in the CBA? I mean, we all know our phones are being monitored by the NSA and everybody else, but... I don't know if they're going to be arresting it. Well, they probably will if they, if they want to. But, um, yeah, these are, these are issues that, that, you know, from a gambling standpoint are much bigger to me than, you know, having a player, one individual player, making a $50 bet or uh, working his fantasy football lineup. Yeah. But, but, again, I mean, as much as I hate it, it is the rules. I don't think the NFL is changing them by any means. I think they, they like having this kind of setup. And, you just need. I guess the only thing you can tell the players is you have to study up on the rules now. If you're so invested into gambling and betting and casinos and all that, and that's fine, you're, it's your right to to do that if you want. I guess you. Just, the only thing I can tell you is you have to be very touched up on the rules. Yeah. To prevent this stuff from happening. In this article, um, they quote a professor at the University of New Haven, of which I don't know why they're talking to this guy. If they want real information, they go should go to Vinnie Boombots in, in in Brooklyn. Give me a, give me a quote from that guy. Because he'll be able to tell you who's fixing games and who's not fixing games. Because I'm telling you, yeah, uh, uh, organized crime has been fixing games for years and years and years. Those are the people that can tell you what's going on, not Declan Hill at the University of New Haven. (laughs) Anyway, he says, leagues are dancing with the devil. Here's what happens. There'll be one play that's kind of weird and dubious, and sports fans will start to go, was that legitimate? And then there'll be another one, and another one, and another one. And after a few years, the sports leagues will have a problem because their fundamental credibility is being debated by their fans. Well, we're doing that anyway because of the officiating. Are we not? At least I am. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but the U.S. is generating huge revenue in sports gambling. Americans wager more than $220 billion during the five years since the Supreme Court cleared the way for states to offer sports betting. $220 billion. By the way, that was money that was going to bookies under, <laughs> under the table. That was not being taxed. So, you know, at least at least they got it above board now, and it's much more controllable. And I think by legalizing it, it's much better, it, it's much easier for them to detect fraud in, in certain places. Um, here's another interesting thing. In its second annual report on betting corruption and max fixing, Released in March, this company called Sport Radar, um, which claims that they can, by using algorithms, find max match fixing and betting corruption, which I think is complete horse crap. Um, they said the company said that while data for 2022 gleaned from its universal fraud detection system <laughs> showed that more than 99% of sporting events are free from betting corruption, it remains a constant and growing threat across the world of sport. So please pay us a million dollars a year for our stupid Switzerland-based sports radar program that's going to tell you when matches are being fixed. That's the stupidest thing ever. How is a computer and an algorithm going to find out if, if Joey at Arizona State, when they were, uh, when they were up by, uh, when they were favored by 20, missed a couple of free throws down the stretch to, to lose a game? Please. 
So somebody's going to tell you they have an algorithm that's going to catch all gambling, point shaving. You're, you're an idiot if you believe them. An idiot. Because you can find certain – all that thing is going to show you is anomalies in point spreads. Like when, when there's big upsets. Oh, like I need an al- algorithm to tell me that, that that game looked a little wonky. You know, of course, you see it all the time. At least I do. I see things that I would say, you know, my radar would go up. But, I'm, you know, I can't charge somebody a million dollars a year for my stupid algorithm. But, but these teams will pay it because they feel like they're some way showing, right. the, showing the public that they're protecting themselves and they're, quote, monitoring it, whatever. Yeah. Not a big believer. So you're upset over gambling. You want to hear what I'm upset about today? What's that? I'm upset just like Rod Carew is upset, JP. Yeah, I need, I need to, this story is crazy. So this was in response to a – uh, if you know that, do you know that account on Twitter? It's like seventy sports. Oh God, yes, it's one of my favorites. So Maybe one of my top five follows. Yeah, it's a yeah. great follow, and they put this. I'm trying to find the exact tweet here. Here it is, because Luis Arise, the Marlins infielder, who is hitting over 400. Yeah, and we are we are almost to July. Yeah, right. Uh, he said Luis Arise is hitting 400 with two home runs, and he's more interesting than a boatload of generic launch angle heroes jacking 30 homers a year. We banned the shift because hitters chose not to adapt, which is BS. And our boy Rod Carew, uh, who I think you grew up watching, I did. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the greatest hitters ever. One of the best hitters of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, he just, all he said was, he's right, you know. That's all he said. Yeah. And then, uh, this was a commenter here that set Rod Crew off, and he said, Imagine thinking hitters chose not to adapt to 100-mile-per-hour fastballs, 100-mile-per-hour sinkers, 95-mile-per-hour sliders, and 90-mile-per-hour change-ups, then agreeing with that asinine logic. With all due respect, Mr. Carew, you rarely faced a pitcher who threw this hard. No one in your era did. And Rod Carew uh, chimed back and said, So many baseball geniuses who think they know baseball because they read about it. Go polish your calculator, <laughs> which is a great, great <clears throat> response. And then he continued going on. Throwing hard doesn't make you a good pitcher. Right. It's so obvious that most guys are guessing what the next pitch will be. Speed has nothing uh, to do with it. And he said, you study the pitcher, you make adjustments, you track the ball. It's simple, but not easy. And I read this, and this is like, to me, a common problem I see in all sports, where if you played in yesteryear... <clears throat> And listen, I know the game has changed in all sports, and it's unfair to compare players from 50 years ago to players now. But to invalidate everybody's opinion that played the game at a high level like that, even if it was 50, 40 years ago, I don't care. Rod Cruz one of the greatest hitters of all time. And you're fooling yourself if you don't think you put these guys in the modern game today with all the technology that we have access to and the strength training and all these type of things that the Rod Cruz of the world, the Wade Boggs of the world, the Tony Gwynns, the George Bretts, all the guys who have pushed to hit 400 before in their career, they wouldn't adapt and figure it out. Would. Of course they will because that's what top-level athletes do. And I just there's so many more comments here of people going after Rod Carew that you don't know what you're talking about. You played the game 50 years ago. It changed. You didn't have to face these guys. It would be a lot different. That's just absolute BS. It's, it's, it's absolute BS. And the whole thing about Luis Arise. It fires me up because I saw this segment, and I, I meant to bring it up when it came up last week, but I didn't get to it, and I'm, I'm bringing it up now, because there's this show called MLB Now on MLB Network. Yep. It's the one hosted by Brian Kenny, who is probably the most deep into the numbers and all this underlying analytics and stuff like that more than anybody. Now, I'll preface this. I used analytics earlier mm-hmm. when we were talking about Tyler Glass now. I think they apply to certain situations. Sure. Not all, 
But I think to some of them a point. to prove right. a point. Yeah. I think they tell the whole story. But he led off with his thing: is Luis Arise is hitting four hundred three? Do we care? Do we care? I care. <clears throat> yeah, I do care because he's doing something that is unheard of in the modern game. You want to talk about the the pitchers nowadays? They're all throwing a hundred. Yeah, and this guy's hitting four hundred off of it. Yeah. It's insane. I don't care that he has two home runs on the season or three home runs. He's hitting four freaking hundred. And by the way, he's an MVP candidate. Yeah. Last time I checked, because the Marlins, you want to talk about impact? They're ten games over five hundred. The first time they've been over ten games over five hundred since two thousand ten. By the way, their uh, their best start to a season ever in their thirty year history. And they're led by Luis Arise, who they went and acquired this offseason from the Minnesota Twins. So yeah, I do care. I do care. I enjoy seeing pure hitters in yeah. the game. I enjoy seeing a guy who's hitting like 75 points higher than the next guy in Major League Baseball. I think it's cool. I like watching Luis Arise do his thing. And so my whole thing here, it's like all these guys with their numbers and their spreadsheets and all this fact, he's a good hitter. Actually, that's underselling it. He's a fantastic hitter. He is the best pure hitter of this generation. This is not just the first time he's done this. He's like a career like 320 hitter for his career. He's put himself in the category of when you look at a list of guys who have hit this, this well into a season, I'm talking about Ted Williams. I'm talking about Tony Gwynn, Rod Carew, George Brett, Wade Boggs. Mm-hmm. That's where he is. And I feel like we're just like, we're not talking about it enough of what's going on. We're so mesmerized by, and I get it, Otani is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. And am I going to tell you that I'd rather watch Luis Arise than Otani? No. I'm not going oh, to say Otani that. Otani also hits, what's he hitting? Not only is it bombs, but he hits for average. He, he's he's a, number one in like every yeah. offensive category just about right, right now in baseball. He's he's a freak, but I think that's unfair to compare. I I enjoy watching Luis Arise, and I think the game of baseball should do a better job of really talking this guy up and acknowledging that this is so rarefied in today's game, and I think it's a good thing. But well, discrediting part, everybody's opinion because they played 50 years ago, I think that's BS. That's complete crap. By the way, Nolan Ryan threw that hard. So did Bob Feller, and so did Bob Gibson. They all they they threw 100 miles an hour. We just didn't have the pitch clock. And if you want to have that argument, by the way, all these great pitchers nowadays, let's go drop them 50 years ago when we had four man rotations and guys. I mean, Bob Gibson had a year where he had like 30 complete games, right? Where they were throwing to their arm fell off, but guess what? The arm didn't really fall off. Now did it? Right. Let's have that discussion. Let's see if these pitchers could adapt to that time. Yeah, and these you know these younger pitchers that come in here and you know they throw 100, they can they do it for for an inning. They do it for you know three batters. That's why is it harder to hit now than it ever has been? Yes. Yes. Would Rod Carew and Tony Gwynn adapt to it? Hell yeah, they would. They'd find. But a this way. is a problem because in baseball, they were, though. They we... were they were unbelievable hand-eye coordination and could put the barrel on the ball. Well, I'll I'll turn over and watch the Marlins when when Arise is coming up. Like I want to know when he's coming up. I'll switch the channel just to watch his at bat because I want to watch how he works the pitcher, how he hits the ball. That to me is exciting. And Rod Carew is one hundred percent. Right. Would, would I watch, you know, a guy who's going to strike out 200 times a year and hit 30 home runs? And, and, no, I don't want to. I had this argument with people on Twitter no two years ago when Joey Gallo was hitting 40 home runs a year, but he was hitting 199. And people are trying to tell me, oh, he's an elite hitter in the game. Look at this, this, this. I'm like, he's hitting 199. No. Stop, I understand he's you. fastball. You want to discredit. And guessing. You want to discredit batting average all you want go right ahead but don't look me in the eye and tell me that a guy that was hitting 199 and is like a 213 career hitter is an elite hitter in, in the baseball it, it's just no way no there's no way at all that's a real thing but there's this is real things that people were saying yeah two years ago about joey gallo and it just doesn't make sense to me well, and it's the way the game was going and i think that we with it by the, by i will say this but by, by outlawing the shift 
we, we were doing something that the team should have done anyway. Teams are – they've been scouting for the past 10 years. They don't scout guys for average. They don't they – don't, like Luis Arise. I don't know where he was drafted, but I'm guessing it wasn't in the first round. He was signed as an international free agent. Okay, so yeah. – and they just don't covet guys – that are singles hitters that just get on base when I think that's a huge part a of the lost, game. It's a lost art, it's unfortunately. It's a huge part of the game. People, home runs are, are way more beneficial when there's people on base. This just in. And when you have a lineup that is set up to get people on base, it's a lot more exciting to me. And and and, and clearly the no shift is, is going to help him and probably helped him this year. But it, yeah, he was going to be a high average it's, hitter It's for just anywhere. the thing we do now with numbers where a guy hits for a high average and then people discredit it and go, oh, well, how many of those were just, you know, soft little things that landed? I don't, I don't care. I don't care. No. Get on base. I don't care. Get on base. Get, when, get, you know, get me on was, the off guy on You base. think a guy gets on base and goes, oh, man, but I only hit that one 80, 86 miles per hour off the bat. That's not good enough. No, you're on first base.